We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, switch into a little bit of mailbag for those of you guys that are still here. Really, uh, really want to thank Tyson for, for stopping by. Uh, check him out if you guys haven't already because he is awesome and does some great, great work. So with that being said, let's hop into some mailbags. I uh, had some of these starred, and I'll get to ones that I can. Not sure how long I'm going to go, but definitely wanted to show you guys some love since you're popping off in the comments here and asking questions. Up the Sco asks, when do you guys think we get new commits? Platt in particular. Braden Platt, 2024 four-star linebacker out of the state of Washington uh, out in Yelm. Uh, if you guys have been rocking with me for a while, you'll remember my good buddy Dylan Rubenking, a.k.a. Rube. He was one of my writers on Ducks Digest and came on the pod every now and then. He's from Yelm. He's living out in Yelm doing his thing, crushing it. Just got a new job. Uh, but um, you know, it sounded like uh, Oregon's in a really good spot with, with Braden Platt. I, I put my prediction in for Oregon to land Platt back in July. Uh, still feeling really confident about that pick as things stand right now. He's supposed to announce his college commitment on September 4th, I believe it is. And uh, that one is down to Oregon and Oklahoma. So definitely some talented schools in the running there. Uh, some big name schools, but loving Oregon's position for Braden Platt. Um, you know, I don't think that one's a lock necessarily. Um, Oklahoma is one of those schools that you never know. They could shake things up. They have a good linebacker tradition. And we saw the craziness that happened with Peyton Bowen last year. But loving where Oregon stands for Braden Platt. And I'm keeping my prediction there on him for Oregon. See me on the big screen is a frequent viewer. Thanks for, for coming back to the show. Glad to have you. See me on the big screen asks, at what point in recruiting – Will we see a benefit from joining the Big Ten 2024-2025 class? Well, I think the easiest way to put this one is you're already seeing it. Uh, I'm looking back and thinking about my interview with Dakota Fields, one of Oregon's newest commits in the 2024 class. I think he is the newest commit um, in the 2024 class who flipped from USC. And he's a SoCal guy. He's from Gardena, California, plays for Sarah, where the Ducks found Roderick Pleasant uh, a year ago. Um in the 23 class speedy corner, but I think you're already seeing it. You're already seeing Oregon being able to, to go into these homes and, and sell that big 10 move. Um, it's only going to help their exposure. Tyson and I were talking about it a little bit um, when we still had him on the show, just about how it's helping them stay in that conversation, stay in that mix of, of big time football programs. 
2023 and beyond, you know, there's that exposure from an on-field standpoint, whether you're looking at the network deal, it's going to be much easier now, you would think, to watch Oregon games. They're going to be playing against really high-profile opponents um, in uh, in the Big Ten starting in 2024. Um, so I think you're already seeing it. And then it's also bleeding over into the 2025 class. You have some really good pieces in the fold there. Uh, even since the Big Ten move happened, uh, you have Achilles Smith Jr., quarterback out of San Diego, Lincoln, uh, son of Oregon legend Achilles Smith. Uh, so he's following in his dad's footsteps. And you saw Oregon flip a 2025 wide receiver and Adrian Wilson from the state of Texas away from the in-state TCU Horn Frogs, who just went to the national title against Georgia. Um, so they're certainly a program that has some juice, but Oregon's already doing it. They're already contending with, um, you know, some of these massive recruiting powers. And you're only going to see that continue to ramp up uh, as we move forward here in the future. Um, and then they have a couple commitments from the state of Florida and Dallas Wilson, six foot three wide receiver um, from the Tampa area. And, you know, some of the people I'm talking to think that he's going to end up being a five star when all is said and done. He's already one of the top wideouts in the country. So they are off and running uh, and, and as far as recruiting and the Big Ten move is already paying dividends. So I think that that is absolutely huge. Andrew with a question. Uh, Andrew asks, if we're going to be tough on Ty for microscopic playing time, that's when Tyson and I were talking about the UW game, should we freak out that MVB got shut out against Buford? We're talking about Michael Van Buren, 2024 Oregon quarterback commit out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. They opened their season with an 18-0 loss to the Buford Wolves, which is a powerhouse program in Georgia, led by Georgia quarterback commit Dylan Riola. So I don't think that you should freak out about getting shut out against Buford. Um, if you're an Oregon fan watching the, the play of the commits, um, because I mean, it's Georgia, like that, that's one of the best States in the entire country littered and loaded with elite talent, whether you're looking at Dylan Rayola at the quarterback spot, whether you're looking at, um, KJ Bolden, who's going to Florida state as one of the most dynamic athletes in the country, um, DB wide receiver. And it's, it's, uh, I don't think you need to freak out about it is what I'm saying, but I am excited because Michael Van Buren and the St. Francis Panthers are coming out West in just a couple weeks to play the St. John Bosco Braves defending national champions. I was just at St. John Bosco yesterday on Monday, got to chop it up with some of their top commits, some of their top players rather. Um, so you can go see the, those videos on my Twitter at M sports or on my Instagram at M sports. So a lot of great guys over there and just loaded as ever. But case in point with this question, no need to freak out uh, about Michael Van Buren getting shut out against Buford. John who John Cena with a, with a question, always funny to see some of these names uh, asks, do you think 2025 class could be, do you think 2025 class could be our best the way we are starting? Um, maybe use the wrong R there, but I was a little confused. Uh, yeah, it, it could be the best ever. I think, I think a lot of people, thought that the 2024 class could be the best ever for Oregon. And honestly, it still could be. We are only in August, folks. I know a lot of big targets have already announced their commitments. Some of those didn't go Oregon's way. You're looking at Elijah Rushing, Williams Winery, um, Colin Simmons. Uh, you know, Granted, some of those guys cut Oregon out before uh, making their decisions, but those were top targets that the Ducks were in on. Uh, Nate Frazier is another one to, to Georgia. That was a top guy that they were going after. 
So I think that the 2024 class could make up some pretty nice ground and uh, could be one that catches a lot of people's attention because we're only in August. we got just under four months to go until National Signing Day, until that pen meets paper. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Oregon made things interesting November, December, come, come around that time. Um, I think they might be kind of waiting in the wings. Um, not that you want to wait to turn it up, but basically winning some of these recruiting battles in August, winning some of these recruiting battles in the summer doesn't mean a whole lot. I, I know a lot of uh, people, sometimes I'll see USC fans or Washington fans just talk about how it doesn't matter that Oregon's doing well on recruiting some of these guys in the summer. It, it's good, but it, it's also you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt to a degree because you have, it's one thing to get those guys and it's an entirely different thing to hang on to them. That was a key piece of Dakota Fields recruitment to USC. It was great that he was a USC commit. If you're looking at it from the short through the Trojans lens, but what are you doing to make sure that he stays committed? What are you doing to make sure that he feels like a priority, even as a committed prospect? And that's how Oregon approaches recruiting their commits. They, check in with them all the time and they make sure that they're feeling like priorities because you can't just get a commit and then take your foot off the gas because other schools certainly aren't. Uh, and we saw that certainly with, uh, with Dakota fields. All right. We got another one here, a Facebook comment, a Facebook question, uh, or Facebook. Yeah. Facebook question comment. Uh, nice to get some interaction over there. Uh, Orville Harbor says D line is going to be very good. Unsung Casey Rogers is going to have a year. Casey Rogers is easily one of my favorite players on Oregon's offensive line uh, heading into the 2023 season um, because he's just a guy that is kind of a, I don't know. I want to say a little bit, um, a little bit of a pest uh, on the D line and in the best way possible because he didn't put up a bunch of crazy stats, but he came to Oregon from Nebraska and was so quick to carve out a role along Tony Tuioti's defensive line in a group that was pretty loaded, pretty veteran laden. And that's the case again this year. Um, so he's certainly playing on the interior plays a spot that doesn't get a lot of recognition. Uh, doesn't blow up the stat sheet, but I'm super high on Casey Rogers this year. Um, really think he's a talented guy and is going to play a big part in what the Oregon defense is able to do. And I think that if you have Casey Rogers playing at his best, it's going to help those linebackers succeed um, and and um, and come through, uh, shoot through those gaps. So I think that Casey Rogers is a tremendous player. He's been putting up some big weight in the weight room uh, this offseason. I think that that's been coming up a little bit in the pressers, but I can't remember the numbers off the, the top of my head. So you'll have to forgive me on that one. Uh, okay, we got... We got another question from John who John Cena. Do you think Oregon's defense could be the best one in the pack? This is an interesting question because this is a loaded uh, Oregon defense. No doubt about it. Uh, whether you're talking about Jordan Birch um, coming over from South Carolina, or if you're talking about Evan Williams, Tysheem Johnson, Kyrie Jackson, Nico Reed, Justin Jacob, I'm just rattling off transfers. There are so many guys, and those transfers are people that are going to help Oregon bridge that gap, help Dan Lanning and Tosh Tapoy really reach the full potential of this Oregon defense defense from 2022 to 2023. So I think that that should be the expectation. If, if, if I'm looking at the Pac-12 heading into this year, 
I'm absolutely circling Oregon as the school that should have the best defense in the Pac-12. That's not just because of the talent that they have on the roster. It's also because of the coaches that they have. The coaches that they have running the show. Those guys are ones that have a proven track record. And I think that we want to see that jump from year one to year two. Uh, I think you saw some flashes in that Utah game last year. That was easily their best performance of the year. And that was kind of what won them the game against the Utes. Um, But USC is another school that has reloaded from the portal. Washington usually has a decent defense. Utah also has a good defense. So we'll continue to monitor some of those schools and see what they're able to do this year. But I think Oregon should absolutely be the school that is in that conversation and probably the most likely, I would say right now, to have the best defense in the Pac-12. But it's a long season and there's going to be a lot of tough teams. There's going to be a lot of great quarterbacks that you have to go against. And What's ultimately going to determine the best defense in the Pac-12, I think, I know Josh Pate was talking about it too, is who's going to be able to get after that quarterback. Um, we saw Oregon's pass rush was just a travesty last year, to put it lightly. Um, but you also got to generate that pressure and then finish the play. Uh, I know that can be pretty frustrating if you see the guys get through, but then the quarterback squeaks away. going to be tough, but I think that they should absolutely be uh, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the pack this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another question from Andrew. Uh, Andrew says, one last thing. How long into the season do you think it takes for Dickey to be a starting boundary wide receiver? Not to be rude, but he's clearly better than Hudson, Casper, basically everyone but Franklin. Yeah, wow. This is uh, this is an interesting one um, because I, I, I see the hype behind Jurion Dickey 100%. You know, I covered, covered him pretty well. Uh, coming out of high school, coming out of the Bay Area, you know my my home, my home roots. But it really feels like Jurion is uh, is taking that next step and, and kind of uh, hit the ground running. He got injured his senior year of high school, and and it looks like he's really worked back to being at a hundred percent. And then 
Will Stein also had an interesting comment. I think it was Will Stein. It was either him or Dan Lanning, but I'm pretty sure it was Stein just about, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but it's kind of like, you know, you can be the dude at the high school level, but there, there's still that learning curve once you get to college. Um, it's not always going to be easy for you just because you were a five-star guy. And, and I know that that's not the mentality that Jurion is attacking this with. Um, but this is just another example of, of the hype that he has going into this season as one of the highest rated wide receivers to ever sign with Oregon, uh, Adidas All-American caliber guy. There were some big schools that got involved late, Texas A&M, Penn State, to name a couple. Um, but to, to go in to answer this question, I don't know. I mean, I think if I had to guess right now, if we're just talking about him starting, I think that it, it kind of feels like, a little bit of a tall order just because of how loaded that wide receiver room is. Uh, Troy Franklin's obviously the talk there. Um, but if you're looking at big bodied guys, uh, you have um, Treshawn Holden, Kyler Casper uh, as someone that you think is probably going to be heavily involved there. Um, so I would say I'm going to cautiously throw out mid season. If we're talking about when we might be able to see Dickie start, but Trayshawn Holden's played a lot of football and he looked good in that spring game. He's got a good chemistry with Bo Nix. It looks like, and um, I, I think he's in line for a big year too. So I would think that Troy Franklin, not Troy Franklin, sorry. Trayshawn Holden is probably penciled in as that starting boundary wide receiver, uh, or at least that big body wide receiver in their system. But we'll see if Jurion Dickey can make some noise because he's, he's, he's got the frame, you know, six, two, six, three, 215 pounds. Now it's just about putting it together and being able to have the game slow down enough for him to take that step. Um, let's see. LFBP Fishing says, Bucky gets oiled up like a wrestler. Bucky is so slick. Yeah, Bucky Irving is easily one of my favorite players on this Oregon offense heading into next season. Uh, the, the dude's ability to keep the play alive, to, to get skinny, the wiggle that he has to his game. Um, and, and the burst that he has is, is definitely a very unique one. Um, but no, Whittington isn't going to be going away anytime soon in that room. Um, Jordan James, who comes in uh, after burning his red shirt last year, was primarily used as the third down back and, and the, the goal line short yardage back. Um, I think he's a guy who's definitely in place to have a bigger role uh, in 23 for the Ducks. And, and I know that Carlos Lachlan loves what he's been seeing out of uh, – out of Jordan James based on kind of what we've been hearing from some of the praise he's been giving in those press conferences. So Bucky is definitely the man. Um, John who John Cena asks, do you think Jaleel Florence could get a starting spot? Um, this is an interesting one because Jaleel Florence played some good football as a true freshman. Um, he enrolled in the spring kind of in the back half uh, ahead of his freshman year. Um, I remember he signed as well as Jalil Tucker, who is now transferred to San Diego State. Um, but he decided to enroll early. Jaleel Tucker wanted to stick around for his senior year at track. And I think Jaleel Florence could could uh, could end up getting a starting spot on this Oregon defense in this cornerback room. That is such a densely packed room right now. And I think that what we're going to have to see through these first couple of weeks is who can separate themselves. Because Dante Manning, Triquist Bridges, they've been at Oregon. They've been playing in this defense. But we still haven't really seen those guys take the next step in their development and prove that, hey, this is a corner who is head and shoulders above the rest of that group. 
in my mind, that's why you bring in guys like Kyrie Jackson from Alabama, like Nico Reed from Colorado. And that's also why you sign a trio of all Americans in Dalen Austin, uh, who is, is someone that Tysheem Johnson singled out as a young guy standing out. Roderick Pleasant, uh, Cole Martin um, is a guy who I think is certainly going to be in that conversation, but he's playing some nickel. It looks like so. I think the secondary is one huge puzzle right now uh, going into the season. We just don't know. I just don't, I have no idea what the pecking order looks like. Um, if you're even just looking at it at the two positions, uh, who's the alpha dog in each of those rooms? Uh, has Kyrie Jackson stepped in and shown why he was at Alabama? Has Nico Reed stepped in and shown that he can capture some of that lightning that Christian Gonzalez captured last year? in terms of the carryover uh, playing under Demetrius Martin again. I think that's an interesting thing that you have to look at for sure. Um, and then and then how much of a, of a jump start did Cole Martin and some of those other guys have? Well, Cole Martin had the jump on Dalen Austin and Roger Pleasant because he was there as an early enrollee. Uh, and then he, they, he also had the jump on Solomon Davis and Colin Gill, some other corners that the Ducks signed. So I think that Jaleel Florence, he showed flashes as a true freshman. He's fast. He's long. He checks those boxes in this Dan Lanning defense. So I think he could get a starting spot at some point, but it's such a toss up right now, anywhere in the secondary, in my opinion. Uh, Orville Harbor with another question coming over from the Facebook page over at Ducks Digest. Thanks for the question, Orville. What do you think about our linebacker situation this year? Yeah, Oregon's linebacker situation is honestly one that I've gotten more confident about as the off season has um, kind of progressed here um, at the end of the season, Oregon's linebacker group almost got gutted. Really. If you just compare it at the end of the 2022 season to now uh, Noah Sewell went off to the NFL. Now he's playing for the Chicago bears. Congrats to him. He's moving on to, to bigger and better things in the NFL. Um, Jackson LaDuke, transferred back home to UNR to play for uh, Ken Wilson. Um, you had Harrison Taggart transfer back home as well to play for the BYU Cougars uh, in his home state of Utah. And uh, Keith Brown hit the portal and ended up transferring to Louisville. So this is a very new, uh, and Justin Flo transferred to Arizona. So this is a very, very new linebacker room. Justin Jacobs comes in from Iowa and you're looking at him and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Bossa, who bulked up like a madman up to 230 now in the offseason, you're looking at a very likely starting combination of Jeffrey Bossa and Justin Jacobs in that linebacker core. And then Jamal Hill comes down from the secondary. And uh, the, the quote that I like to refer to for that one to reference is Tosh Lapoy saying that if he had a time machine, he would have done it sooner. He's bulked up and probably looks a little bit more comfortable at that linebacker spot than the secondary. I just don't know. For my, for my two cents, I don't know if he was fast enough to really kind of be what the Ducks needed him to be in the secondary. So you try kicking him down, putting some muscle on his frame, and maybe he turns into a solid linebacker for you. And then Devin Jackson is one of the freakiest players on this team. Uh, honestly, a guy who flew under the radar as, a, as an All-American in the 22 class, four-star caliber guy. Now you have a linebacker. He's up to 228 pounds after coming to Oregon at 207, I believe he said. Now you have him strictly in the squarely in the conversation for the fastest guy on the team, and he's a linebacker. So I'm feeling great. I'm feeling real good about Oregon's linebacker situation. Granted, uh, it's really an unknown 
it's definitely a question mark because we just don't know what those guys are going to look like playing together. Um, but then you also have Connor so- uh, Sowell, Sowelli, who comes over from Arizona State, and Jerry Mixon, who the Ducks signed in, in 2023 as their only true linebacker recruit out of high school. He's already at 230. He's super athletic, played some running back, played some edge for Sacred Heart Cathedral out there in San Francisco, California. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm from the Bay, but I'm really liking it. And I was this was probably one of the areas I was most questionable, questioning of um, this year. Um, but I'm feeling real good about it. You got the guys there. And I think because Oregon plays a 4-2-5, you'll hopefully be able to get a good rotation and, and keep those bodies fresh if you need to. Uh, bro knows with a question, how much do you think we're going to see Ty play quarterback in the first four games? Um, yeah, I think you should see a decent amount because, um, you open against Portland state. So like Tyson was saying, hopefully you can get a bow in there, run up the score and get him out of there and get some more game reps for, for Ty. So I think Portland state obviously looks like your, your best opportunity to see Bo uh, Ty, excuse me, uh, in, in uh, the first four games. And then, Going out to Lubbock, and unless that one's a blowout, which I don't think a lot of people are expecting it to be, uh, I think the the Red Raiders led by Tyler Shuck are probably a little bit underrated going into this season. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of him. Uh, but then you come back home to uh, Hawaii uh, to play the rain back home to play the Rainbow Warriors, and I think that uh, that's another game that Oregon should win handedly. Should should definitely be able to put that one away pretty early. So you're thinking Portland State and now Hawaii are some times that you're going to see. Uh, some some good shots of uh, of of uh, Ty and see some good sampling about where he has been able to progress because Will Stein just said this week that that he's taken major strides um, uh, in his game this off season and then you also have Colorado the uh, Pac-12 opener Pac-12 home opener first Pac-12 game for Deion Sanders Coach Prime and the Buffs uh, who are also on their way out of the Pac-12 Pac-4 I should say uh, going to um, the, the big 12. So I think that Colorado is going to be improved, but they shouldn't be able to hang with Oregon. I think that it's a little bit concerning if Colorado's hanging with Oregon, I don't care about all the guys that they brought in. Um, there is a lot of work to do with that program. I think they're going to be better for sure, but they, they shouldn't be on Oregon's level. I don't think so. They should be able to put that one away. And then you should see some more of Ty Thompson there possibly, but Austin Novosad has also been challenging him um or pushing him i think is probably the right word uh that that stein used um in reference to his development so we're gonna have to see uh but i think you should see a pretty pretty healthy helping of ty thompson in the first four games for oregon in, in 2023 uh we got brandon here saying max let's go uh we got cash out win saying everybody like the stream yes please do me a favor and smash that like button for me and then while you're at it, subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that bell notification uh, so you don't miss out. Um, but yeah, that's gonna. I think that's going to wrap it up here for uh, the mailbag section of today's episode of the pod. I'll get it clipped up and get it over on the audio platform. Um, but before I get out of here, if you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorressports. You can find me on YouTube right now at Oregon Football Max Torres. And you can re- read all of my written content over on ducksdigest.com. Uh, but until next time, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day. Talk some ball with me, talk some duck recruiting, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.